episode 41. This is the first of our pre-recorded episode. Um, and for this episode, we're going to be joined by Nicola from Equestrian Fitness. So she's going to talk to us about the importance of rider fitness and hopefully give us some tips and some exercises and things to look for, which one million percent I need. So we are, yeah, we are so pleased that you're going to rescue us. Um, <laughs> do you want to tell us a little bit about you, your horses and your business? Uh, hi, um, I'll start with the business first and then we'll go on to the more interesting matter of my horses. Okay. Um, so I'm a strength and conditioning coach, an equipolates biomechanics trainer and a sports yoga instructor. Uh, I work from a studio in the northwest of England, normally training people in person, one-to-one in classes or online. And I have an online group program. And I've been doing that. I've been in fitness for 10 years, scarily. I used to have a proper job and everything. <laughs> um, and then I've been doing equestrian, purely equestrian, for three and a bit years now. Uh, so, yeah, my horses, I have a bit like you, Katie, a ever-expanding herd of just nonsense, but whatever. I've got um, the field pet situation of we've got two miniature donkeys, who are, they're adorable, they are adorable, they are both less than 30 inches high, but I can assure you, like, if you think that horses are idiots, these guys are next level nonsense, like, just, she's got goats now, though. Yeah, and I used to have goats, <laughs> with, we've always had goats, and I love them, and I can't wait to get more goats. Yeah, so, are you thinking donkeys. donkeys are naughtier than goats? They are trickier to manage yeah I've my goats were awesome they were all an absolute nuisance and as I'm very friendly with my vet he said to me look just like sheep they very much spend their lives trying to find new and inventive ways to die it's not your fault so yeah so yeah the donkeys fun um I've got two mares they are sort of indiscriminate native pony things that came from a rescue they are real life sisters and they are 12, 2 and 12, 3. Sorry, the cat is joining in. Uh, 12, 2 and 12, 3. So massive. I'm very much into that size of horse. They were meant to ride in drives. And after many a drama, I did. Technically, I've backed both of them. Um, turns out they have sort of biomechanical issues and they are fit for neither riding or driving. One of them is a total psychopath, but she is so beautiful. Um, and that's really important so much so that she's a psychopath today my boyfriend sent me a video because he said to me is Pearl okay like she she seems a bit quiet he sent me a video I could send this video to anyone it's just a horse eating its hay she looks very close like, what you mean is she's not being a demented psychopath oh no she seems fine <laughs> that's what she's like that she's just being herself just being a normal horse and he's like this she's ill yeah. You're going to have to phone a vet and say, I'm sorry, the horse is being really calm and quiet. There's something not right there. So yeah, the field pets, donkeys and the mares. And then I have got what is possibly, he's bottled sunshine. And he is the absolute pinnacle of ponies. Is my little spotted pony, Douglas, who is 10, three and three quarters. Aww. It's very important that you remember that. <laughs> it's just, he's Honestly, he's just amazing. He's my little driving pony because he was plan C on the carriage driving operation there. Uh, he's just adorable. And then I've got a second spotted pony because everything must be in pairs, apparently. 
um, who is a little Spanish pony that I bought last year. Um, turns out in lockdown, I buy ponies. Why so not? I bought pan. Yeah, I bought what else? Nothing else to do. So I bought a pony. Um, I bought little panda pony. Um, he was 10 to. See, Krista, uh, we uh, need to do this. We need to convince our husbands that ponies need to be bought in pairs. <laughs> yes, everything was I've got two because my stupid arsehole horses <laughs> can't go together because they'll cancel each other out. So I've got two ponies. One pony goes with each horse on opposing sides of the farm. Yes, and don't forget, one of those horses has to go out with earplugs in. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> You're lagging behind with the ponies, but I think you spoiled it for yourself because you got goats. So, you know, you need to up your pony game. And then I just, a few weeks ago, bought my new riding pony. Uh, and that is a 13-2 fell pony called Gwydion. And he's just oh, adorable. are gorgeous, yeah. He's yeah, just so beautiful. Nice. I feel like, though, most mornings now, we are doing the sort of what would be an Instagram versus reality Lloyd's Bank advert. <laughs> Because you see these beautiful black horses galloping towards you. And that's technically what happens in my field. But it's 13-2 of hairy mud monster canters towards me. And I'm like, oh, it's just the same as the Lloyd's Bank advert, but in With real the- life. Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's for now is my collective equines. And, yeah, I will be adding goats back in eventually but don't tell my dad because we're just not no, going to tell him i'm just seeing an opportunity here so katie you get fed up with those goats i literally yeah. drop them off. got an outlet we're drop like one off. mind because i just thought yeah. when she was like <laughs> <laughs> i was like well <laughs> i don't ever tell my dad i'm getting goats i just keep dropping goats off my husband didn't tell me that i was getting that goats seems fine. for mother's I day love that yeah, it was the hashtag um, would have rather had a box of milk tray (laughs) (laughs) on this occasion chocolate was great (laughs) yeah just drop the goats off whenever katie honestly i'll just be like what those goats i don't know where they came from you'll regret seeing that (laughs) when they're there (laughs) in the morning (laughs) actually i'd struggle to catch them to transport them anywhere i'm gonna have them forever because you can't get near the buggers yeah mine were like that and ones we used to have one that had like bandy front legs it was like a disabled pygmy goat um i mean it was an absolute horror do not feel sorry for that little horror but the funniest thing ever was watching the vet trying to catch it and a sort of laurel and hardy sketch ensues where this little disabled bandy like goat is running around the vet's van with the vet following it and me being in no help at all just creased over laughing my head off as he's just running around like come back here I'm so sorry I'll help in a minute yeah <laughs> so yeah um yeah you've got to rugby tackle them same with donkeys rugby tackle but they've got Probably horns not though, like, rugby tackle it and end up impaled on a goat grab it, <laughs> grab it by a horn. it'll probably cheer them up in A&E because all they've been dealing with is COVID yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> woman impaled on goat would be a nice change from the norm but I was, I was going to ask you that, Katie, are you going to do anything kind of like fun with them, like put tennis balls on their horns or like random coloured tennis balls on their horns? Can you no, like do that? It's just, yeah, Paul, it's just because having seen them trying to batter their way in through your door of your house. Well, actually, so that isn't our door. That is um, Ben's, oh. <laughs> Ben's 92-year-old grander got COVID. And so we had to like build him like kind of granny, like flat type thing. So actually, 
the goat was trying to batter its way into his house and he was on the other <laughs> side of the door shouting, it's coming in, it's trying to come in. <laughs> and he's never lived in a sort of farm or like, you know, anywhere rural. So I just think, bless him at 92, like he's had to get used to just random like horses passing his window. Ben carried one of the goats in to meet him. I mean, why he felt Grander Joe needed to meet a goat. And this goat was like, meh, going absolutely crazy. And like, then the other ones tried to smash its way into the house. Like, yeah, I just think it's quite a lot for him to take in at this period of his life, bless him. But no, I don't know. I feel like- No, I was used to do that. They should get, I feel like they should get dressed up. Like, I think we need some sort of goat costume for them like superman or something oh sorry they... dressing the goats up i thought i didn't know where oh, this was going yeah, i thought I you said that. you were getting yourself dressed up and i was like okay when, when you didn't realize that I was waiting I... to see <laughs> i thought you meant but i thought you went you were gonna get yourself a goat costume <laughs> no. i used oh, to put my God. clothes yeah i mean i think ours aren't quite tame enough to, to be clothed cold. yet a goat coat she used to stop eating if she got cold, right? This is how nonsense goats are. She would stop eating and I would phone the vet like this fucking lunatic of like, my goat seems fine, but it looks a bit peaky. <laughs> and it's not really eating. It's not eating goat food, but it will eat pancakes or it will eat like ginger biscuits. She used to eat all sorts of random food, but never goat food. And the, the vet has come out and be like, oh, I don't know. This happened about four or five times before he said to me, do you think it's the drop in temperature? Every time the temperature changed, this fecking goat would stop eating. So, I, and then I was like, they're quite a weird shape, pygmy goats. And I was like, it's not going to fit in a dog coat. So I raided my wardrobe. And so then this pygmy goat turns up in a little pink cardigan to like she'd have had like a set string of pearls on and a handbag. <gasps> it solved the problem. So oh after that, she just had clothes on. And people thought that was weird. But like walkers come past and like, that goat got a t-shirt on I'm like yes she did run that half marathon don't doubt <sighs> it <laughs> Jesus this this it, is like this is goats were stressful before now I've got to put it in a cardigan like fuck me you have to work out what size I'm here in the are. random corner I'm waiting for you to turn up for the podcast dressed in a goat costume I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what's going on <laughs> oh up. god I think we'd better we'd better stop the goat talk there and get on to rider fitness because this before is... she hunts down my address and drops them off to yeah <laughs> with cardigans. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you want do you want to tell us what you think the most important things are for rider fitness? And I will guarantee that I'll probably fail in every single point. <laughs> Obviously, currently, <laughs> but in general, anyway. <laughs> yeah so uh i have what are i guess the fundamentals of rider fitness obviously symmetry is a massive one um no one is 100 percent symmetrical neither is any horse but we can all aim to be as close as we can get and i think that's really important and there's been a lot more research on that yeah um recently about how important that is so symmetry Mobility and flexibility, which I'm going to class as one and the same for the nerds out there. I'm aware it's not, but let's keep this simple. <laughs> mobility and flexibility. You don't need to be like crazy flexible to ride a horse, but you do need, I guess, a normal range of motion. 
which yeah. unfortunately with the amount of bashing about that we do to ourselves and falling off and stuff actually means that a lot of us don't have just a regular range of motion so um stability um so that is in part some of that is strength but it's not sort of strength for strength's sake it's being able to have relaxed tension and shock absorption and then being stable is also what enables you to be mobile like if you're not stable you actually become less flexible and that is why people can struggle to like be able to move legs or whatever it's because they're unstable so when it's like oh well just put your leg over there or put your hand over there and they're like I can't do that yeah it's like that's because they're actually unstable and your body just latches on because it's like this is the safety zone if we just stay still and don't move anything we'll be okay so stability is what improves the flexibility and the mobility and then you've got proprioception which is a very fancy way of saying body awareness and that is knowing what your right arm is doing or your left leg is doing so like when you are riding rounds and your instructor's going sorry why is your left leg your lower leg further you know behind your horse than its tail yeah. or what is your outside rein doing which is always mine of like why is your right arm drifted off to a different arena Nicola and um, if you're aware of that then you're halfway to fixing it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean you can fix it but you're halfway if you know it's doing it and it also means when you are given aids particularly in very precise aids you know you're given a right aid because very often if you give a hands and leg aid at the same time that's one thing what if you actually weren't aware that you gave a hand and then a leg aid that's different to a hands and leg aid yeah so body awareness is massive and then cardio fitness so they that is kind of dependent on your discipline someone who's got to get around cross-country course will need a different level of cardio fitness to someone doing show jumping around to someone doing dressage test and then depends on how many so if you've only got to get one horse around cross country that's different to needing to get three horses around cross country and so on and so forth so symmetry mobility stability body awareness cardio Christ. that is a whole lot of stuff i know i know i know that's you've just gone i have not to lack in <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's like goes through the checklist nope nope yeah nope nope Nope. <laughs> I mean, yeah, <laughs> I struggle just right and left. That's like hugely <laughs> problematic to me. So <laughs> yeah. the thing is, is like they, that does sound and I, I completely get this. I've just gone through it. I was like, well, that's quite a comprehensive list. That's a lot of things I have to work on. In reality, there are certain forms of exercise that you essentially bosh off all of those things okay at the same like time a cheat sheet this is what we need a cheat sheet <laughs> like you don't need to do a different set of exercise for each of those things like that's what's well, impossible to be honest you know most of them will come into different kinds of exercise and then so like when people say what's the best exercise to improve my riding in all honesty the one that you'll actually do is actually the best is my honest answer because there's no point me saying oh what I would really like you to do is do you know weightlifting or pilates or whatever and you're like I hate all of these things quite frankly if you do no exercise and you take up zumba for example that will actually I mean actually zumba's quite hard I'm not gonna lie I'm not great at it um (laughs) that's you know like that would help because that would improve your motor skills you'd be learning a different skill your muscles would improve it would help 
but I guess being the purest in me, in reality, you know, to improve stability, strength, mobility, etc. I mean, I'm very much, if you look at my sort of social media, I'm very much a fan of weightlifting. Like I love people to lift heavy stuff and put it back down again. And then oh, really? when they get good at that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when they get good at that, lift heavy stuff faster and put it back down again. Jesus. So like deadlifting, Olympic lifting, that sort of thing. That's the sort of stuff I do with my one-to-one in-person clients. Um, they start small. And what's really funny is actually I'll have these girls in front of me and I'll hand them a bar. But oh, I can't possibly lift that. It's a bag of feed. Get on with it. And they're like, yeah. oh. And it's like, I've seen you carry a bag of feed. Of course you can carry that weight. Okay. And then I'm like, now we're going to add a bale of shavings to this. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's how we talk through the process. Sometimes I might add a, a supplement tub is now going on the bar. And I, it turns out. I did weightlifting for a little bit, but what I found was like, that I was basically lifting it with my left arm. Yeah. <laughs> and did you break, yeah. was it your right arm that you broke? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's why if you're doing that sort of thing, you've got to, you know, there's lots of very good coaches in the world, is I'm very much looking at people and I'm asking them, is the weight equal in your feet? Like, are you doing this correctly? Because yes, you can do weightlifting really badly, yeah. And it won't help you ride and it'll probably make it worse. Yeah. If you do it really well with a good coach, it will massively improve your riding. Like I'm hypermobile, so all of my joints are really wobbly. And I mean, why I thought horse riding was the sport for me, it probably still isn't. The jury is still out. But without weightlifting, I'd have no hope, like right. absolutely no hope of holding my body together on a horse. And so, so yeah. for someone who's like really crooked what would mm-hmm. what would your go-to be would that be more of a, like a pilates yoga type thing that you would um, so many of us are really crooked aren't we yeah you are you are and yeah because <clears throat> when i say weightlifting in reality if someone comes to me and they're and i most people i deal with i'm not gonna lie i basically have a bunch of wrecks they won't mind me saying that <laughs> wrecks a lot of them <laughs> myself included is we don't start with the heavy stuff you yeah. know we start with just basic movements, completely unweighted. So it might be Pilates style exercise. It might be yoga style exercises, or it might just be what is essentially to me is basic human movements. To other people, it's not to me. It's basic human movement. Can you squat? Can you do a hip hinge? You know, can you push and pull using your shoulders correctly and equally? And yeah, all of that then potentially leads into weightlifting. But yeah, if someone comes and they've got so many issues we certainly don't start there we do do it completely unweighted it's just the movement patterns are all the same and then yeah I do I very much love yoga and pilates because I do that with my I teach classes in that I do that with people and I think that is good for sorry the cat is joining this cat is now. desperate to be on the podcast <laughs> do you know what she she has loved the online teaching phase she is so there she sees my mat she sees the phone stand she's straight on the mat like we've got this come on I'm ready to go <laughs> like every time she's like I'm here I'm here for this and I spend anyone asked her like, she'd be like full-time fitness trainer the riders yeah, are yeah, not that's... quite as mobile as I'd like so you know I have to really no. dedicate a lot of time to them yeah yeah she's she shows off the bendy yoga poses and it's like no one's doing this as well as the cat guys yeah. so yeah we don't start you know I say weightlifting but I think 
people perceive that as just the heavy stuff it's not it's basic movement patterns yeah and then yeah people just aren't inside I still have people I've trained for years who've never lifted weights because we just do yoga and parties it's still like I said it's something that you'll actually do yeah like if you don't want to lift weights you don't have to lift weights you can do yoga you can do pilates but it's understanding why you're doing it and what you're trying to achieve for your body and how that's going to improve your riding yeah if that's you know your end goal you can be fit because you like to be fit and you like to exercise but if you're doing it specifically for your riding I think you need to pick something that is specifically going to help your riding yeah and that kind of depends on the individual but yeah sort of you know strength training yoga pilates are probably the sort of three bases that I would say are probably going to cover what most people need and do you have to like get people to go to physios or like something a lot I'm just is it sometimes a case where like their injuries you're kind of like I can't really work with that Um, until you've got that fixed not necessarily but I um I've done some like sports rehab qualifications I essentially sort of without giving you my whole life story I came into this wanting to work in rehab right so my entire sort of like my interest area is broken wonky bodies that's my stuff yeah so for me for oh, Christy, this is perfect for us I know. Yeah. I know. like well yeah that's the thing and I think that's what like without sort of blowing my own trumpet like that's what my clients like about me they walk in out like you know I see them online and they're just like and then I can't do this and then this doesn't work and blah blah and they've been to all the places and this person's gone I don't really know what to do with this and I've no idea what business you've got riding a horse and I go oh well, this seems completely fine yeah let's crack on with that yeah. <laughs> sorry what and I'm just like yeah we just need to do this this and this but yeah because I came from a rehab background that's my interest I guess for me that's completely normal and secondly my other sort of like I guess sort of thought process behind it is and I had this discussion with my own physio when we were chatting about sort of like injuries and sort of who I worked with compared to who he worked with I said to him god you'd have an absolute field day reading some of the questionnaires I get in and he was like what do you mean I said well they have to fill in a questionnaire before they turn up and it'll say do you have any injuries like minor major etc please give brief details I said and what will follow is a sort of sheet of basically listing every bone in their body possibly the tendons ligaments etc of every just all of their bodies absolutely smashed to bits and he was like and then what you do surely you can't work with that I said and then you turn the page it says tell me about your horse and you're sort of you're riding what you currently do what your goals and aspirations so on the second page they'll then tell me they ride 17 hands of water <laughs> across country I said I can assure you there is nothing I can do to those women in my studio that it's going to harm them any more than they've already attempted to harm themselves. I was like, yeah. there's just nothing. I said, I could probably smash them into a wall if I wanted. <laughs> and then they'd get back up and go, I'm all right, I'm fine. <laughs> no, honestly, we'll just try that again. It was my fault. I didn't do it right. <laughs> I was like, so you've got to be realistic about who you're working with. Yes, if some, I guess, regular office person came into me and said all of those injuries, I think different mindset probably needs a little bit more softly softly we're going to take this slow I said someone who writes that and then tells me on the next page what like what they're riding and it's it, I can guarantee you it's always somebody who is going cross country on a massive horse every time it's like a, I could write the book on that of course you are of course you are and I'm like well they can they can still do that 
So I think we've got to give ourselves credit as we think we are battered, broken, etc. But you know what, actually, compared to like the general population, most of us are just absolute badasses, but we just keep like smashing ourselves to the ground and then going, this stuff really does hurt, actually. And it's like it surprises us. Yeah. I do you think mindset is mindset and the approach is really important though like we're very lucky mm. now and we have a place called um Santry Sports Centre mm. and if you manage to sort of get in with a consultant up there as, as part of your you know what you're doing they're really amazing they'll bring you in they'll MRI you if you're coming with an injury they will bring you into the consultant you'll talk everything through they'll make a treatment plan for you they'll get you over to their gym the same day everything is geared towards keeping that human doing whatever sport and they have all the upper level rugby players they have event riders they have you know, tennis players, athletes, GAA players, but everything is so positively geared towards getting that athlete back into sport as quickly as possible, as safely as possible with, with you know, with longevity as the intention. The other option is going a lot of the time, you know, you go, you're going to your GP, this hurts. Uh, well, rest, right, grand, yeah, you know, rest, <laughs> ice, elevate, right, that's really not going to fucking help me. <laughs> go to the GP, well, you know, if it's not better in a few weeks, come back. So you go back and then it, it's all very, oh, you shouldn't be riding your horse. Well, you shouldn't be doing yes. this. You shouldn't be doing that. And like, it's it's quite negative. It's quite sort of, mm. you know, so I think the person like yourself, he's looking at what the person that you're treating is already, or you're working mm. with is already doing in yeah. spite of what they have yeah. done <laughs> to themselves. <laughs> I think it's really helpful. I think it helps people get off yeah. on the right foot straight away. They're going, okay, there's going to be solutions. There's things I can do to help myself. Yeah. They're not coming absolutely. into it negatively. And then, you know, that just breeds a little bit of motivation and then you get stuck in and then you can see really big change and people are able to stay riding for, you know, much longer in their lives mm. than you might have otherwise anticipated. I think that's the thing, isn't it? It's, I think it's a massive benefit for riders to work with riders because, a riding mentality, like we've talked about this, haven't we, in various forms, a riding mentality is not a normal person's mentality. And I think sometimes (laughs) what's harmful is because riders are used to ignoring all medical advice. Like I definitely think for me, because I've gone through my whole career getting injured and just carrying on and ignoring injuries and ignoring medical advice, I definitely then think I've thrown other things wrong by compensating Mm, probably it would have been more helpful to go to someone who would have realistically said look you're gonna keep riding but we really need to strengthen like this or you know we need to help you do something that's gonna sort of avoid you overusing the other side or whatever because I think that's probably caused me as much problem as the injury that I did yeah is yeah I think that's the and I'm completely I've been there as well you know it's like you go and and like you said that that place in Ireland sounds really cool where it is about like getting people to do the sport because at, at top level sport that very much does happen yeah you know because they've got the setup and the teams whereas in lower level sport like say you go to your GP you might go to you know the physio or whatever and depending on the those people's attitude and some of them are awesome and some of them are just a bit more sort of like well don't ride your horse yeah and then, so actually, like you say, Katie, you just then avoid it because you're like, well, they're just going to tell me not to ride the horse, so I'm not going. Whereas if you go to someone and it's like, okay, this is not ideal for you to ride the horse. Like, you know, and I don't think I've ever said that, but I'm, you know, sometimes I imagine in some circumstances, like, yeah, it's really not ideal to be going to ride the horse. But like, sometimes I've got people who, and I've got people now who it's like, 
you know, they've got a horse that, you like the sort of horse that needs to be ridden regularly or it loses its mind. Yeah. Um, and it's the sort of horse as well that you wouldn't put one of your friends on because they probably wouldn't be your friend again if they were still alive to dislike you or they wouldn't be your friend again because they were dead. Um, so you've got to ride, like they've got to ride that horse, but it's yeah. like, well, this is hurting, that's a problem. If I just go, oh, well, don't ride the horse, they're going to ride the horse and they're never going to come back and they're actually just not going to improve. Whereas I'd be like, okay, let's essentially damage limitation situation here. Like, can we look at strengthening this bit? Let's stretch this out a bit. And when you're riding, can you, as much as you're trying to manage half a ton of wild animal underneath you, can you maybe think about getting your body to do this? Yeah. Then that will at least give you, that'll give you 10% extra that is better than do nothing. you ever want to watch someone on their horse yes right. yeah yeah i do um i do some on horse teaching in terms of purely biomechanics like i wouldn't teach anyone to ride as an instructor way i'd be hopeless for a start but yeah i go and i see uh, people on horse and it's basically about teaching them to use their bodies better because like you said you go and then you watch and you realize that just from over time of just compensations, injuries, or just particular horses, we just aren't using our bodies as well as we could be. Yeah. So like we see, like you say, we like we get a lot of, you know, like, oh, my lower leg won't stay still, or my horse is like very on the forehand, etc. And they'll tell me, I'll just be like, just tell me about your horse. Like, it's like, don't tell me what you think you're riding. You should just tell me about your horse. And then I'll watch them go round and think yeah the horse is on the forehand because they're looking down or their arms are out here mm -hmm. and you know their lower legs flapping around because they're actually just not using like they're not stabilizing their pelvis and all I then get them to do is give them ways of doing that of like stabilizing the shoulder blades to improve their rein contact which improves the front of the horse I didn't do that they did you yeah. know stabilize your pelvis this way and suddenly the lower leg looks a bit better and the whole picture looks better because we're so like they guilty, aren't we, of we fix our horses 100%. But, I mean, like, we don't. And actually, I I did at one point have to kind of address. I think, actually, Krista, I think you you talked about this as well. Um, so I, when I started using Carla, she was like, all your horses are absolutely dreadful. Like, they're so one-sided to ride. When she got on them, she was like, and my physio kept saying, they've all got a lot of tension in the pole on one side. And I was like, mm, how curious. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I don't think that has anything to do with me at all. Um, and yeah, that was like a real wake up of mm. actually, what am I doing? Like I'm getting them physioed every eight weeks and every eight weeks, they're all really sore <laughs> one side. Like, but at no point did I kind of go, maybe I need physio, <laughs> like, because that's <laughs> no. a waste of money, isn't it? Like, that's money that you could spend on anything, like a saddle pad or yeah. sheepskin or... <laughs> yeah. I had to, um, I had to last year, sorry, not last year, 2019, and also in, into the start of last year, I had a really difficult year in 2019, and I, I, I had three really, really big accidents, and I broke bones each time, and... At the start of, I don't even know what year it is now because COVID, at the start of 2019, <laughs> I was really in a bad way. So I had, for the second time in four years, I had fractured my sacrum. 
um, in one episode. I had um, broken and displaced ribs in another episode and I broke my foot in a different episode. And these all happened within four months of each other as well. So I was really, really screwed up at the start of 2019. I was very sore. And like that, the horses were just crap to ride. And I began to work a lot with, you know, physio. The girl that does my horses actually is also a human physio and she's brilliant. She's an absolute like murderer. Like you come out of there and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to die. But the next day you feel great. She's really good. And it was useful for me because she was able to treat the horses and treat me. Mm-hmm. And it meant that she was getting a complete picture of what's coming from where. Um, we also have a good girl over here now that's doing biomechanic assessment. And as part of this, and also I worked a little bit with an osteopath, but as part of all of this, I did a couple of rider biomechanic sessions at the start of last year because I cannot, cannot do sitting trotters. And I've broken my sacrum twice. The first time when I broke my sacrum, I did my right sacroiliac joint as well. And I couldn't do sitting trot, which was a bit inconvenient because I was doing a lot of dressage at the time but through working with the physio the osteo and also the biomechanics person mm. it was a complete picture it cost a fortune but it was so worth it it really really helped me again to be really body aware to work out what was coming from where to see why I just to find out how I needed to to do sitting trot but also to have the right people to help me learn how to use my body and to, to treat my body to recover from all of that stuff and I was very flippant and dismissive about all of that stuff prior to needing to rehab myself but I literally had got to the point where I, I, I couldn't go on yeah um and when I invested the money in it now as you say Katie I would 100% you know go without your saddle pad because you, you have to prioritize yourself this is my theme at the minute isn't it you have to prioritize yourself <laughs> a little bit sometimes and as you say like that when you're coming up with issues all the time with a horse physio then you know and it, it just it does make a big difference definitely yeah, that's why like I was really keen to um to do this episode because it's something that so I did actually sort my rain contact out and now every time the physio comes, the first thing she does is she checks their poles and she'd be like, Good girl, like you kept that's it up. Good. Um but I'm really conscious that so I get a really sore left ankle when I ride, which we've then kind of tracked up to the fact that I also have a sore knee and hip and that I don't sit straight in the saddle so for ages I was like what a strange thing I've got a sore ankle but actually it appears to be like that it's coming from like way higher up and it's something that and my, that leg swings massively back when I jump like if you watch you'll very rarely see me post a picture head on because you can really see how wonky I am and I look at the pictures and I'm like shit that probably needs addressing anyway so Escadron have just brought out a lovely view. Um, <laughs> but it's something that's like, you know, that niggle where you're like, I should really take a look at that because it can't be good for the horses. Like if I am that crooked, no. it can't help them do their job. No. So I was really keen no. to kind of like, you know, address it is something that I think we we need to probably prioritize ourselves for our horses sake, don't we? Yeah. And yeah. I think if, if more riders looked at it that way around, instead of, oh, well, I've treated the horse, I can't be right spending the money on myself. Yeah. You know, then it would it would be, it'd be different, wouldn't it? You'd be more more inclined to be like, yeah, well, maybe I should sort of do what I can as well here. Yeah. Yeah. I think Russell Guire's definitely started bringing out, you know, Central Biomechanics has yeah. done quite like more and more research on this, showing like the effects of rider asymmetry, et cetera, on the horse. And he's showing you know again that it is having an effect on them I mean like we're kind of a bit like of course it's having an effect on the horse but <laughs> we kind of don't necessarily have the science to back it up because no one's done the research now he's doing the research to go 
of course an unbalanced or an unstable asymmetrical rider is having an effect on the horse and yeah like you said about your lower leg and stuff as soon as you said your ankle I'm like oh I'd be starting with the pelvis I'd definitely be looking at the pelvis yeah because that's like your pelvis is your foundation that is you know that's your seat but it also supports your spine but then it supports the limbs yeah so it's so I sit like with one sort of like I sit like that on a horse like rather than square like I'll have one side yeah further forward yeah yeah but I've only just realized that I've clearly been doing it forever probably I think the horse is probably when I'm riding around that you know and I'm and Carla's shouting at me straight straight and the horse are probably thinking fucking straight if you had her on your bastard back (laughs) the last thing you'd be able to do is go straight I think one of the things that I would say here, and I'm being Alan Partridge, to be really boring here now, but it is just, it was relevant to my own experience. I'm going to now bore the nation with it. Um, <laughs> all of this does slightly tie into your confidence in the saddle as well. Mm-hmm. It did for me at least, because I obviously all my life I've ridden a lot of young horses, sharp horses, race horses, anything that was deranged and had a pulse seemed to be mine to ride. And you tend to, a lot of the time, react to a situation before you even realize you've reacted you know like yeah. I used to we used to, it was a standing joke with me with a racehorse that all of a sudden it would dive and it would spin around or whatever but in my hand I still have my mobile phone in my hand I still have my lit cigarette I'm smoking anymore I'm very good now back in the day when I was <laughs> not a model citizen I have my lit cigarette in my hand I might have dropped my reins but I'd still be in the middle of the horse but you would have reacted before you were aware there was anything to react to when you're carrying a lot of you know injury or soreness in your body there is undoubtedly a discord that happens there so your natural ability to sort of save your skin before you've even realized you've had to your body just doesn't do it it won't do it and that particularly bad year for me that was why I ended up getting so badly hurt at the end of that year because things were happening and I literally was in the middle of a shitstorm on a horse 14 foot up in the air upside down unable to take any actual action to save myself but not smart enough to you know leave the scene either (laughs) and I ended up getting really really badly hurt um and that affected my confidence a lot because then I felt like I, I nearly couldn't rely on myself to yeah. step in when I needed you know it's, it probably sounds really ridiculous but no it makes um, it just, it's, it's, like if you're body, laughing, it does like, if you're protecting injuries number one then you're yeah. not going to be as sharp exactly like, but also I think if your body isn't say already balanced it's going to take a lot less isn't it to get you out the side door you're already yeah, going to be sure. halfway out there. Yeah. Maybe this absolutely. is where I'm going um, wrong. <laughs> Maybe this is why I fall off all the time. <laughs> yeah, so, no, it does definitely play into confidence because I, I definitely, I'm quite a nervous rider. But then when I'm feeling like quite strong and quite fit, and then it is that thing of like something spooks. Now, normally, if something spooks, I'm like, well, this is terrible. I need to get off. But if something spooks, and I think, actually, I didn't even mildly feel like I was out the door then I'm like I've got this yeah and that is because I'm physically able to stay with that because my body reacted and just went that's fine we got this so yeah Yeah, I've never had to do it at such a high level so I can't even imagine what it feels like to be coming out the side door back door front door all of the doors (laughs) in that situation I I tell you one thing actually the worst door to ever fall out on a horse is the back door unquestionably right you fall fall out backwards and and it's it's not good at least when you're going forwards you can peg out some part of yourself to take the brunt but I've had two falls out 
backwards out of the saddle and I say, oh my goodness. You wouldn't recommend I don't recommend it. that to anybody. I don't <laughs> no. recommend it. I think if you can in that moment, pick a different route. <laughs> right. You can bear that in mind. Yeah, cop that on now. Like, hits that door. Yeah. Come on, if you're going backwards, you know, do something else. You know, come on. <laughs> so could you give us some maybe some tips that people can look for in themselves to recognize maybe where they need some help or what signs you would be looking for and also some tips or exercises that people could maybe work away on to help themselves yeah I think the first thing to sort of ask yourself when you're riding I mean the first thing I do not all the time but when I get on is actually to kind of mentally checklist like stack myself up and be like am I actually sat equally can I feel my seat bones you know and that sort of thing just just ask yourself check it if you don't know ask someone to have a look ask them to take a picture ask them to take a video and have a look at it am I sat straight do does that look like a good picture or when you're riding is your horse always drifting left or is it always you know is is there an asymmetry on each rein all the time and you cannot for love nor money fix that? Then it's probably you. I'm not going to lie. Like so many riders, myself included, 95% of the time it's the rider. So if there's a persistent problem, it's probably you. When you're off the horse, I mean, there's lots of different ways you can look at asymmetry. I'm going to go into the easiest one and the one that everyone actually does if I give them this as homework and I give most of the riders I work with this as homework is buy a gym ball blow it up so it's fairly firm and sit on it and mess about on it like you don't have to be like standing on one leg juggling it or anything like that just sitting on it messing about because you'll find your body has a pattern and those patterns will start to set off light bulbs in your head so you'll be sat on it and then you might be trying to balance and you'll lift one leg up like you just lift one foot up and you'll go one way and you might lift the other four and you might not move anywhere and you're like, oh, that's interesting. You'll start to spot your own asymmetry as you just try and do things on the ball. And I guarantee you, you'll find a pattern and then all of a sudden you'll go, oh, it's me. That's what's happening. And then what you can do is it doesn't, like people are very fixated and I completely get it. We, we do like to achieve stuff as riders. We're very much about achieving things. So you do want to achieve being able to balance perfectly still on the ball and all of that and then being able to kneel on it. But if you're absolutely rubbish at that, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean you aren't learning anything. The very act of A, tapping into your own asymmetries and understand, like realizing what your body does is of course in itself, that's raising your body awareness. And then secondly, the act of trying to stay with the ball and correct it is essentially what you're doing on a horse the entire time. You're constantly on this horse, balancing and rebalancing the whole time. So even if you're like, I'm not very good at this whole gym ball thing, you are because you're learning the process. So yeah, there's loads of dead sexy things I could tell you to do. Just buy a gym ball because they're dead cheap. Yeah. Blow it up. I very much recommend though using a car thing to blow it up because it takes forever with those stupid pumps they give you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> just use a car tire one, guys. Or if you're like me and I'm, Krista probably has the same options. Use something that's like a tractor or a truck one takes <laughs> ten seconds. Um, you want it I really just... firm. Krista will have like an eighteen hand dimple. Oh, oh, oh. Well, <laughs> they do come in different sizes, right? And I got some by accident that were 85 centimetres. They are amazing. Like they're quite big 
and they are quite a big thing to straddle I'm not gonna lie <laughs> but if you ride a 17 hand warm blood then that's probably what you need like oh, people by the 55 and 65 unless you're a unless you're tiny don't bother oh, but I'm tiny but also I ride a 17 hand tank <laughs> go 75 centimeters you'll be fine and if you are quite tall, 85 centimetres, because I bought them by accident and was like, what are these monstrous things? And then we just started messing about on them. And I was like, oh, no, I really quite like these, actually, because you have got to literally get on the damn thing. And then you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, that I'm makes on, sense, doesn't it, for a rider? Uh, and I quite like, yeah, there's other exercises that you'd want a smaller one for to do with, like, postural stuff and whatever. But reality to do rides and stuff I, I my personal opinion is and working with the riders that I've worked with we much prefer the bigger ones because we like big balls I mean you can't so, argue with that can you no, we it's like just them big. but yeah it's just to have bigger balls really isn't it <laughs> so your top tip would so, yeah. be to buy buy a gym ball a gym ball and just sit on it do things like lift your legs you know just random yeah. lift your legs up like try and turn on it like can you can you lift one foot up and then the other can you turn left and right very interesting because <laughs> you think oh that's really easy yeah hold your reins and turn left hold your reins and turn right it's not the same and then yeah can you lift both feet up again it doesn't matter if you can't it's totally fine you're learning you like you'll notice you either you always tip left you always tip right you always go forward you always go back yeah or if you can turn left but you can't turn right and then you can do stuff like um, if you go into like the biomechanics, you can sort of sit on it. And I do something called push the button where you imagine there are two. If you just sat on it, like you would be sat on a chair, should we say, sort of feet and knees hip width apart. Imagine yeah. there's two buttons in front of your knees and you just slide your knees forward to push the button in front of you. Okay. And it's basically like you're, walk you're just walking on your horse. So your seat bones start to move like you're in walk. Okay, and then you go into trot and then you pop into canter on your gym ball and then you do a flying change and you change to the other leg. They always are beautiful on the gym ball. Um, and just doing stuff like you start to notice, like I, I noticed I can't left canter because I can't left canter. <laughs> like it yeah. wasn't the horse. I was like, oh, wait a minute. It's me. Yeah. So um, if people were interested, you do online lessons. Mm -hmm. I do. And that would be something that you think, you know, if you sit on the ball and really recognize something, you know, like an asymmetry or a weakness, um, that's something that they could get in touch with you and, you know, work away and, and try and strengthen up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I do online one-to-one -one and then I have your sort of budget option of um, an online training program which is just sort of like two workouts a week in a private group and you just go in and do it in your own time. Um, that's kind of like, so people can do stuff that they know is going to help their rising. And I waffle on throughout the whole thing, telling them why we're doing things and how it's going to help their horse. But yeah, yeah if you sort of amazing. need a bit of help, then yeah, I can do that. That's what I do. Broken bodies, wonky riders and sense of humor is probably vital. <laughs> that sounds really cool. It sounds really cool. And I, um, I have to say that, you know, being able to be, you know, to work with someone, as I say, one-to-one -one online or to do the classes or whatever, but when you're working with somebody, as you said before, that he's, he's equestrian-minded, I think it's really helpful. I had this brainwave at the start of lockdown last year, 
because obviously I was doing quite a lot of dressage at the time and I was trying to be able to do sitting trot I decided that the thing to do despite the fact that I'm five foot two and I'm built like a rugby prop right <laughs> I decided the thing to do was to take up um bar yes. which is you know like Love the, the fundamental yeah. basics of, of ballet yes. yeah so two ruptured quads tendons later <laughs> I had to give it up oh I can't God. yeah and I, I did I did all I did it for, yeah I know I I'm not built what for it you, so I think what did you do I can't do squats. I can't, I've got really short, thick muscles. Well, I also <laughs> fell up an escalator, but that's a whole other story as well. But um, apart from the escalator, I can't do squats. So there are certain things that are really, really hard for me. And then you're watching all these like really, really cool people doing the ballet stuff and you're sweating and short and fat in your Westmead kitchen, <laughs> trying to keep up with the ballet ladies. So I, I from my I would have loved to have come across <laughs> you at that time because I might still have working quad muscles. And... Um, I'd be a lot less embarrassed about my feelings, I think, if I had... I mean, part of me is intrigued now. And it's like, I mean, I feel like I need to... Like, I need that challenge in my life, Chris. I'm not going to lie. I, I can't... My, my legs just won't do it. I'm on a horse, I'm fine. But I just... My legs won't do it. And I had to... I actually ended up, as the pre-mentioned Santry, I ended up in Santry. I was so lame. And I went up there for an MRI and they were like... Well, what have you done to your both <laughs> legs? What quads tendons? I was like, I was doing ballet, and they like looked at me, and they're like, "We're doing what now?" And again, this gym is full of that, the gym part. Like they're full of beautiful people who help, like you know, elite athletes, which I'm not clearly not. And they're like, "You took, you were doing ballet, like, <laughs> least likely person to be doing." And you, you should have gone in a tutu, just to, you know, yeah. and you've. You've basically done two tendons doing that. So, <laughs> do you know you're like so? pancake? You're like the human yep. version of pancake. Yeah, I am. I absolutely am. Giving it loads, giving it loads, and then it just <laughs> <laughs> giving it big licks, and it just doesn't work out how you plan. It just doesn't work out how I wanted it to. Yeah, I, I was I was planning to come out of lockdown. Um, you know, taller and longer and more sort of athletic and elegant and. I really wish I'd, I'd known of, of you at the start of that because I feel like if I'd known you and I'd been able to actually work with somebody horsey who understood, you know, it would have been much better for me, really. <laughs> so. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I might have still laughed if you, you know, I'm known for that. Uh, like, I have no you, problem with the laughing. Are you like, the tendons, I have a problem Yeah, I can't, I can't well, do that. I can't no, do you'd also get back. So how many tents lame are you? On a hard surface, soft surface, what about? <laughs> on the lunch. You know, how, yeah, how are you? And I get that frequently. People will message me before class just to let you know I am four tenths lame. <laughs> I'm like, on a circle as well? As if that's relevant. Like, yeah, you'll be fine. Come on, come on in. And it like, is true, right. though. Like, I think sometimes it's like, say, you get self conscious about, say, going to a gym or going to a class. Like, I'm genuinely, I'm really, I, I went to, gym classes a while ago and I was actually in like the best shape I've ever been but the only reason I kept going well I could cope with keep going is they thought I was joking so I'm so uncoordinated that they thought I was like you know just one of these people who like wants a probably the attention on them and like was doing <laughs> everything wrong for the crack 
which was worked out okay for me because I wasn't like in any way, shape, or form. I'm, I was crying. Yeah, but do you know what? I'm not though. That's the thing. Confession. Yeah, terrible at like I used to do uh, like body combat classes. I'm not good at body combat. I would just be at the back doing my own thing and then they'd be like looking at me like what you like it doesn't matter I'm burning calories it's fine leave me be that was what I said like yes I'm not doing the direction that everyone else in the class is but I'm like I'm here and I'm doing it and and they just thought I was like being quirky (laughs) I was not like I, I got sick of saying like yeah I'm not joking here people like no this is it this is best effort this is as good as I've got so but in the end like I just kind of went along with it because I was like well do you know what like at least I'm not embarrassed but genuinely like the the, doing it online I think sometimes would be like a lot better for riders because it fits around the horse which is the most important thing and you don't have to go into a class full of like people who are wearing spandangly gym things know their left from their right and like can put their legs on top of things because they haven't fallen off a horse and then mucked out a stable earlier that day. Just yeah, yeah. I just wasn't saying. I think when you're getting sort of guided assistance from somebody who understands, it's always a thing in life, not even just in horses, but in life generally. Mm. Going to a situation where you don't have to explain yourself. Yeah, it's yeah. a gift. It's an absolute gift. That's a huge thing. But I tell you what really pissed me off about that whole ballet thing was I never <laughs> stick at anything. Right, the only thing I've ever sort of back to this now. Oh, she's not thing. bitter at all no, I never I never stick at anything except, except you know obviously horses but I never like any of these things like I never just managed to stay going with these things but I stuck it out and I stuck it out and I stuck it out <laughs> and I ended up laying like I did the keto diet once for six months and I went to a hump ball on the way home from the hump ball I swear I've never looked better in my life I was like micro skinny and I, I'd done it for like six months went to the hump ball looked amazing photos still have photos look fabulous I was so pissed off with it on the way home I went into a petrol station I got two cans of full fat coke and two (laughs) (laughs) two large Mars bars and that was the end of the keto diet right (laughs) so I was really annoyed like I I don't stick at anything but I toughed it out with this ballet I really did I really wanted to be one of the beautiful dressage riders can I ask though right how many times a week were you doing bar it was four classes a week so it was three yeah this is half an hour wrong. and then an, and an hour at the end yeah this is where you've gone wrong this is and do you know what this is genuinely yeah. a point is oh, that yeah. I see this all the time like but we're so like we're gonna do this we're gonna smash yeah. it balls to the wall straight away yeah, that's yeah. a rider no, no, thing no, no, isn't no. it start totally. like just add in one and see how you get on and then yeah. maybe two depends on your but like my body people go oh you must do loads of exercise I'm like no I'm hypermobile my body is an absolute wreck it cannot tolerate six days a week of training it does like two or three that and is that's such a valid point like that's yeah. optimum I'm for my so body and then you've got with the right horses yeah with the horses yeah, we right. never no right. them. You, or, you wouldn't out. jump a horse six days a week would you you know no and it's, so it's like we just mm. and I do see that a lot as well yeah I'm doing all these things and then I got injured. So then I did nothing. And it's yeah. like, you tried so hard and your mindset was totally there. It's like, I completely applaud that. It's amazing. You, and I do find this actually quite a lot. I have people I have to slow down. I'm like, no, do less. Like, I know you think doing all of the things is amazing. And I really hope that if that's what you want, you eventually build up to doing all of the things all of the time. But can we just start less? Because if in like 
three weeks you're a wreck of a human being you are going to come back to me and go I can't train anymore yeah. and then I'm going to feel like it was my fault even though it wasn't it's like start small just add one session in a week of like half an hour maybe two see how you get on just I can't just anymore I can't do, can't do squats now <laughs> Alexa, I can't do them anymore and apparently <laughs> look there's so many most different of, kinds of squats we'll find the squat for you there's so most many of ballet kinds. seems to be something to do with squats so we'll to <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah no this but my, just my, my point is you know like i think try exactly as you're saying try and find someone who who knows where you're coming properly. from who like yourself yeah every time yeah, i try you can say to stop i get shin splints like religiously yeah, yeah because at no point yeah. do i do what i would do with a horse and do road work <laughs> exactly yeah, you don't do road work first. No. You don't walk in hand for a few no, weeks. None of that. You know, <laughs> on a cross country no. course, <laughs> scrambling about <laughs> doing a test. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, and it's it. true. Like we wouldn't do that with a horse, but we think it's completely acceptable to do it to our own bodies. Yeah. Like, oh, we've been out of grass for six months. <laughs> yeah, let's just go run five miles every day and see what happens. It's like, would you do that with your horse? Oh gosh, no, they would do a tendon. Why did you think you wouldn't do a tendon? Like, what's special about your tendon? I did, it didn't work. <laughs> like, yeah. Ten- yeah, oh, why did you start actually... with hand walking? Because <laughs> <laughs> it was just, yeah. Do you, um, I mean, obviously, the whole ethos of what you're doing is, you know, you start start off with people and you build them up in mm-hmm. an appropriate way and you, you know, you, you understand where they're coming from and what they need and they find a really good way to work with you going forward mm-hmm. and, and, it, and it builds and it grows very same as if you're, you know, as you say, working a, a horse and, and getting that horse fit or rehabbing from an injury. If people are training towards a specific event, even like on a horse or off a horse, do you, can you offer much advice in terms of like, if you've been to an event and you've ridden five horses and you're really sore the next day if, yes. to mind your own, mind yourself a little bit in recovery. Is there, do you have any specific things that you like to offer forward to, to riders in recovery as yeah. well as preparation? I think recovery, like, like I say, if you've ridden like five horses around cross country and um, the next day it is super important, no matter how much you are just like, if you, I mean, I don't know, I've never ridden five horses around cross country, but I imagine that day you're like, everything hurts. And I feel like I've just been, you know, smashed through a car or something. Move, but don't go mad. So something like yoga or I'd probably say yoga, but whatever you're into, like a walk or whatever, just move, mobilize your body so that it has just kind of loosened back up, it's stretched out. You're just trying to maintain its length, as it were, if that makes sense. Because like when you get like sore, everything gets tight and it gets shorter. You're just trying to gently ease it back to its regular length. You're not trying to stretch it to make it longer. You're trying to ease it back out to its regular length and just kind of clear all your lactic acid, etc. So just move gently, you don't need to go mad. That's kind of it. I mean, if you're sort of like, I do sports massage pre and post and that sort of thing with my in-person clients. So if you've got someone near you sort of booking a massage, sort of, it depends on your own body a day or so after, because like I've had, I have a guy who does like Ironmans and stuff and he cannot tolerate a massage the day after. I'm like, touched him so like I'm like look mate I'm practically doing Reiki here this is not a massage <laughs> <laughs> like this is somewhere else because he's like and I'm like he's like, oh, like I haven't started I haven't I haven't touched you like I'm just I'm just gently stroking you and it feels creepy like that's not what we signed up for here but yeah a massage either the day after or a few days after depending on your own body 
is also a really good idea just to ease it back out again. So yeah, move and massage. And I'm also a fan of a hot bath, but that's me because I'm obsessed with baths. Just but just heat and relaxing and then moving. And then yeah, pre-competition, I think like you mentioned, is again, this is like something that I have to get into riders' heads about. I know it's hard because with horses and particularly like this year and stuff, sort of planning a competition schedule. Like actually like other athletes do that. Triathletes do that. Like I work with triathletes, they do that. They have a plan in place about how they are going to get fit and they aim to peak. Yeah. And then just gently taper before the event so that they fully recovered to go absolutely smash it. Riders don't do that. We just, because I think depending on your discipline, the sort of season sort of eventing is a little bit more obvious in terms of season. Dressage and show jumping, not so much because they'll be like winter series and whatever. But aiming to sort of be fit, building up to the competition, but then giving yourself a little bit of recovery beforehand so that your body isn't sore and stiff and tight. And then knowing how to manage that in your own body beforehand. So for some people, that might be um, sort of activating their body. So doing a little bit of exercise before. For other people, that might be relaxing their body before. So doing some yoga, et cetera, so that they're at the competition in peak physical condition. Not, I've done five classes this week, now I'm broken, but I'm still going to go cross country because... In reality, and this sounds harsh, you've done your horse a disservice there, actually. Like, you've got your yeah. horse in peak physical condition, and then you turned up not at peak physical condition. Like, you're a team, and you want both members of that team to be in peak physical condition on competition day. So take into account your pre-competition training as well as post, in the same way that you would your horse. As in, train appropriately, get peak, tape it down, do your competition, smash it, you come back and you recover properly in the same way that you would your horse. You'd walk it out, you'd keep it limber, you'd keep it loose, you'd give it a massage. Same yeah. for you. Basically treat yourself as you would your horse and I feel like we probably understand the process a bit more. <laughs> Just treat yourself as you would your horse, you'll be fine. If that means you need to wear sparkly stuff and matchy outfits as well, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, it makes it makes complete sense, doesn't it? I mean... Yeah, it's, it's and, and like you say it is doing your horse a disservice when we're not putting the time into ourselves because we're expecting something of them and we're not giving them all the tools to be able to do that like we, they can't work straight if they're carrying something that's completely like fucking crooked can they yeah. so yeah <laughs> so we because we're not doing like news or wanker of the weeks with these specials we thought we would just throw in a little extra so I read somewhere, I think it might have been, like, I'm going to whisper this. I think it was on Mum's Net. <laughs> Do you know what? I love Mum's Net. And I'm was, not even a mother. I was they frantically are, I was Googling. So many things. Probably, so many like, things. something about, you know, how to encourage a child to ever sleep or something like that. You know, these frantic, <laughs> like, last-minute Googles. But one of the things someone had said is, what would you do if you had 100,000? You were given 100,000 and you were given a day to spend it. So then it became really like, well, I, I would buy a house. And then it was like, well, you couldn't do that in a day because it wouldn't go through clearing. But then they could book work in and, oh, my God, it got it got really technical. So <laughs> I, but straight away, obviously, my mind was like, 100 grand? Well, I could spend that. In, I mean, it. I could just ring Oakley and I'd be in debt straight <laughs> yeah. away. 
Like <laughs> they're all like, oh, I don't know. Well, maybe I, I would do this and I would, and then I would save the rest. Fucking save. One <laughs> life. What are you talking about? One life. Yeah. <laughs> and then Splash I think that had to be like, you're not allowed to save it because too many people were investing it and saving it. Fucking, what is that? The, 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 the mums on mums net though, Katie, they're not, like they're, I always find them really intimidating because they're very grown up and they're doing life and I'm not any of those things. Even though worryingly enough, I have a child and a husband and all of those things. They're all very grown up and together and I always find that really intimidating. So I bet none that's of them why got really good That's why they're, they're into investing in, I don't know, cryptocurrency and things like that. I don't know what any of those things are. No. So come on then. So who's going to go first with the hundred, hundred grand in a day? You go first. Okay. I spent mine very, very quickly. Um, we need to calculate. We're really pedantic. We've tossed it off, and I'm sorry you stopped. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I could, if somebody could lend me some of theirs, I think it would be better. But <laughs> I decided my priority is going to be booking in an indoor arena to be built because it is bloody freezing up here. We're basically in Scotland. Yeah. My arena was stupidly built on the top of a hill. So it's like the windiest place in the world. And we're on clay soil. So I just think an indoor. So I decided that's going to cost me 50 grand. So that's 50 gone quite quickly. And then this was, this became a bit like more of a juggling act. I've decided (laughs) I'm going to spend 20,000 on a really incredible horse, like a young one. And then I'm going to spend five on an, like an investment horse. Oh my God, actually that's mum's net. Fuck me. Look at me being a grown up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if any of them would spend like five grand on, you know, something from Dundee. But anyway, um, <laughs> and then 25 grand, I'm going to put like, I'll trade my lorry in and put it on top of because we went to a vintage um, vehicle display or some shit like that. I mean, obviously this was not my choice at all. It was for Henry. And Ben was like, our lorry's older than a lot of these things. Yeah. <laughs> you get reduced road tax though. Can you, can you claim vintage tax for it yet? But I, have would, that over I would imagine so. Yeah, I mean, vintage tax. it's basically horse drawn, I think. So yeah, mine was too. <laughs> I think I'm going to use 25 grand on that. So that's, there you go. 100 grand done. Sound Easy. investments. Nicola? I mean, now I'm like, I really am going to have to top this up. Uh, I, haven't, I haven't. But uh, first thing I would do is I would extend my arena because my dad built my arena arena because every fecker in the northwest has got an arena built by my dad except me (laughs) until my mid-30s however he did build me a half-size arena because I have half-size horses (sighs) however I'm very grateful because I will take any arena over the no arena I had for 30 odd years of my life so I have a 20 by 20 arena yes and I'm going to extend that to a 40 by 20 arena because there's just room not that I've measured it but I have um (laughs) I'm going to extend that. So bear in mind my dad's building it. That's only 10 grand. Um, so cheapest chips. Um, 
I'm going to need a new horse box um, because of the whole carriage driving situation. I'm going to need a horse box that fits two ponies in, a carriage, some living with a winch to get the carriage in. It's going to need the pop-out stables on the side because... Yeah, well, because as much as this like I say, people. Well, there's a place that does them without the living in for twenty five. So I'm reckoning thirty five. Once I've added some swish living and various other things, (laughs) yeah, because I need need all that. So I'm at what thirty five. I'm at forty five. Oh, I'm doing really well here. You're doing well. Um, Yeah, I'm gonna need a new. I'm gonna need two new carriages actually. I'm gonna need (laughs) everything else in pairs. Yeah, I need to buy everything in pairs. I'm going to need a new pairs carriage, precisely. I'm going to need a new pairs carriage because mine is its very nice. Don't get me wrong. It's very, very nice. I'm quite pleased with it. But it's like, it was a secondhand budget model. A few grand, by the way, is my budget model secondhand carriage. But I'm going all the bells and whistles. So yeah. that's going to be about 10 grand. Okay. Yes, it is. Um, I'm going to need that. It'll be like, a, I don't know, a Phoenix or a Bennington or a coops and something massively expensive um <laughs> that they're all driving around in um something what 55 now good i'm gonna need a smaller single uh cross-country carriage just for douglas because he is so magnificently marvelously special he needs a really lightweight one though because he is so dinky um so they're about seven grand um where am I? Sixty-five. Oh, you're you're getting a lot more. I feel like you're getting more for your money than I got for. It's because I didn't you're go splurged, for the indoor. Katie. You splurged. I did consider <laughs> the indoor. <laughs> I considered the indoor. I did, and I, I was very tempted to go big with the indoor, but I just thought, you know what? All these extra carriages and paraphernalia you could buy, actually, I might be all right without the indoor. And then, those when you yeah, carriage driving, you just hold an umbrella. <laughs> I could. But instead, I'm usually holding a cup. And then, yeah, I wanted to prepay for training. I was totally on the prepay. I'm sending those two little spotted rascals off to my trainer. I mean, I imagine that'd be a lot of money, actually, just for the counselling that he'd need from the Spanish one. (laughs) All the counselling that the Spanish one would need. God love him. I've tried that, you know, and just to just to be aware of the level of lunacy that I'm at, I did try that when he first came, and I was, and it, he just doesn't lunge. It turns out, but I did try many language Google Trans. <laughs> yes, I was Google Translate, running around my arena, flapping the idea at him. of you holding onto a pony while flicking through a little um, a little translation book. <laughs> hold on, hold on! I haven't got to hold yet. Where did Bougie come from? Uh, he's Belgian, I think. He's Belgian, right? Well, in all, in all fairness, though, you're not as committed as Nicola. You should have got yourself a <laughs> Rosetta Stone Belgian version <laughs> to be communicating with Bougie. There you go. Yes, but Bougie came over when he was only two, so my theory is he probably couldn't really speak a lot yet. Maybe, yeah. Uh... <laughs> Maybe, yeah, maybe, pants. maybe I'm being unfair in my accusations of <laughs> <laughs> your lack of commitments. You should teach him his native language, though, definitely. It's important that he learns English. Yeah, I think. yeah. yeah. Like, I, I still languages try and is good for... <laughs> yeah, good for kids. So, yeah. But I do give him, like, I do give him an accent. So, yeah, I'm probably being a little bit unreasonable. 
maybe I do <laughs> need to brush up. I actually need to learn as well. Is he Belgian or Dutch? Because obviously I didn't get him from there. So I'm not, I'm trying to like rack my brains and remember whether I was even told I'll maybe check I'll check his passport and then I will I'll commit to learning he came from Andrew Saywat didn't he uh yeah we're from Jake well, you yeah. need to ring Andrew and tell him you need to know and then tell him why <laughs> oh my <laughs> god it, imagine so <laughs> imagine <laughs> Sorry, I'm <laughs> yeah, sorry. Okay, so it's you're great. I'm getting crosser by the second of all these things you're getting. So we're up to like <laughs> you've got your carriage and you've got counselling for the pony well, for the trainer. Yeah, I mean I hope he doesn't hear this because like I really hope she doesn't come in some Monday. I mean, no <laughs> yeah. one let her win the lottery. I'm done with this nonsense. Poor man, every time he sees me, I just seem thinking, oh god. So yeah, prepaying the training to get them going as a pair. Um, but yeah, that might involve a lot of training for the Spanish one first because he is not on board with anything at the minute. And then yeah, anything left I wrote, I was getting myself a fancy pair of Solaris boots um, so that I can essentially trot around my arena on my fell pony doing nothing remotely exciting. But the theory is, as long as I'm wearing those boots in Starbucks afterwards, I will look like a professional and no one needs to know. And that's what's important is that I look professional in Starbucks afterwards or the co-op or wherever I've gone. So fancy Solaris boots. And then I'm just, the rest of it would just be spent at Hope Valley on probably clothes and other stuff I don't need. But again, I would look really professional in them. So that would be important. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm feeling a little bit cheated, but I hope (laughs) you get wet. You'd have an indoor though. Yeah, I hope you get (laughs) wet. Yeah, Yeah, the indoor. (laughs) <laughs> okay, Krista, if you've got a long list as well, I'm sulking. No, I don't. I went, I thought about this and I, of course my normal answer would be, you know, roof the arena or troll done deal for some more treasure hunt bargain ponies, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, but I decided to go really left field with it because I spent a lot of my life very committed to getting mangled by horses. And I thought, well, what would I do if that wasn't how things are? um years ago we went on holidays and we ended oh, up in this are you uh, really sensible no <laughs> it just i have to i have to sort of <laughs> investing it no no <laughs> i have to set the scene we were in where were we magaluf which doesn't sound very exotic at all but they have a marina in magaluf right and they had these off the scale yachts like they have the man and the man cleans the yachts and they're these big enormous like apartment block things with flip out rampy things that cars go in and just insane level shit these yachts so I thought to myself well um I'm not a big fan of the sea but should I could give one of those yachts in a marina a go that'd be all right <laughs> so I happened to share my birthday with Lucinda Green uh Bettina Hoy and David Guetta the DJ so okay. I thought how cool would it be, right? Because like, if you've got 100 grand, you have enough money at least to bring Lucy to Green and Bettina, Bettina away to the party, I would think. I'm not saying that their fee is low or anything like that. I'm just saying <laughs> I think you'd have enough to lure them into a yacht trip, you know, somewhere. Um, David Guetta, I'm not sure. Mm. But like, how cool would it be if you could just like splurge your 100 grand, really good DJ, you know, 
You'd have time to shut up that so you could talk about eventing with your eventing heroes, wouldn't you? That'd be anything. Yeah, Maybe I, I think it's a waste no of point. money. If he's playing titanium and you're telling him to shh, I mean, it's just a waste. <laughs> yeah, you're right. No, I need to hear about how <laughs> Lucinda went through the Vicarage V. <laughs> shut up, David. You're going on a bit. <laughs> Someone unplug him. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, like it was just, you know, I was going to be really boring and be like, I'd like to, a bit like yourself, buy a nice horse and mm-hmm. I'd love to put in a walker. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to put in a walker, uh, roof the arena, buy a new truck. But then I just thought, no, fuck it. I'll go, I'll go for, for my yacht with my eventing superheroes. Well, I'm going to say right now that I think when you get back from your day on your yacht and you see me <laughs> dry on my fancy fringe horse, you're going to be, yeah, you're going to be sorry. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to be jealous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasted my money. Especially on when you spent a lot of it on David. investors. Yeah, when... <laughs> Tell them to shut up. Just be quiet. David <laughs> sitting with duct tape in the corner. <laughs> and his hat hogtied yeah. with his decks. Desperate to get to his decks. Yeah, no. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, other than that, the only other thing I really, really, really do want to do, and it sort of does tie into that a little bit, well, not David Guetta, but in terms of physio and rehab riders. <laughs> we don't want to know about your um, fantasies now. Shush. It's a PG show. Um, <laughs> this year I bought a secondhand saddle and the thing has been abs- like a revelation. And I'm not someone who really would, you know, who pins everything on one bit of kit being a game changer, but it just has so happens that this thing is. So I'd like to buy a few more of those, but they're obnoxiously expensive new. So I suppose if I had any change left over from my yacht date um i might buy a couple of those a couple of saddles yeah and well saddles i never know what it is there's a man uh, with an alsatian yeah. who is heartbroken who was hoping that he was going to be able <laughs> to have another visit from you <laughs> and palm off <laughs> he doesn't keep sending me messages he's kind of got this grand little black and white car that a Joe child really come down and have a look at it and I'm like no <laughs> yeah you've, no, you've just I'm broken equally his heart scared of, I know I'm equally scared of his alsatian and his cobs so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know I'm not being very responsible like I said I'm the antithesis of the mum's net investors obviously but uh my husband, I couldn't tell my husband. My husband had divorced me if he thought I was going to splash a hundred grand on a yacht trip with not him. He'd be like, get out. It's <laughs> like, really my whole life would be ruined. Because at the, at the start, I was like, oh my God, a hundred grand. Oh, like Ben, you know, and Henry. And, and then I spent it so fast. I was like, well, really, it's my hundred grand. That's kind it's of. It's your hundred grand. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And I will have no problem with that because I happen to know for a fact that if my child had a hundred grand suddenly gifted to him, <laughs> I wouldn't see a penny of it. Not that, you know, there's anything wrong with that either, but like, <laughs> yeah. so I, I don't have any problem being selfish with my hundred grand. Yeah. You've got no problem duct taping David. <laughs> no problem duct taping David. No, no, none at all. None. I don't know who I, like if I had to pay, I think... I would have like maybe Carl Hester, Scott Brash on a yacht. Hmm, who else? And so who are you going to duct tape? Well, not Scott Brash because he doesn't say very much. <laughs> yeah, no. 
don't want to duct tape him. Um, hmm. I don't think I'd put them in a, in a yacht. I think I'd put them in an Oakley. I think you missed a trick there. Yeah, but I'm not good with sea. I, I don't like sea. It's got sharks and crap in it. I don't like sea. So I don't. I only went to the yacht because I saw them in Magaluf and they were like very, very <laughs> extravagant. <laughs> yeah. Oh, will I am. That would be cool. I'll duct tape. But again, would you need to tell him to shut up because you were trying to listen to Scott Rush? Well, that's what I mean. So I, I'd quite like him, but then every so often I'd duct tape him. Yeah. I quite like your idea. Is this like a weird question version of Snog Married Avoid? <laughs> oh my God, that would be amazing. Uh, totally do oh my God. Yes. <laughs> Next time. We should take like totally three, three, three people on a yacht. Which one are you duct taping? Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we, we, we both we both operate in show jumping circles. It's just not that weird. And with those people, it's just. <laughs> Burn <laughs> out there, sort of, sort of bunch. Um, oh my god! Yeah. I love that. I'd, I'd love to. That. I'd love to, to. I'd love to have like I listened to a podcast recently with John Whitaker, and, I, and I'd love to. You know, you'd love to sit in a room with someone like him and chat yeah. to him. But he was hilarious because they were asking him, you know, what had he been doing during lockdown, and you know, since I was born, this guy has been like a mega hero, and I'm sure it's the same for yourself as well. Yeah. And he's there, like. His sentences are really short. He doesn't say very much. This everybody knows about him. But he's delighted with himself because he's been painting and stuff. And just before the podcast, he'd been using his knapsack sprayer to spray the weeds around the yard. And I just couldn't make it fit in my head that this, like, complete superhero of the sport was more excited about faffing around with his knapsack sprayer than he was about the fact that lockdown was ending and he could go back to his show. (laughs) Yeah, that's, I think what's weird, isn't it? I think horse riding like, is such a grounding sport that I feel yeah. like, and, and especially like someone like him, yeah, who is so incredible. Like, I had posters of him and Milton on my wall. Me um, too. Oh, me yeah, too. You just don't picture him, who's kind of like a massive celebrity no. in horsey circles. Like you don't picture the Kardashians getting excited about like painting the garden shed and spraying the weeds do you no but he was he was thrilled and they were like yeah, shows are starting up again and he was a bit like oh yeah it's gonna really anyway, put a damn car on my weed spray that <laughs> was looking brilliant was like, <laughs> yeah horse people are str- oh we're an odd bunch really i feel like we end so much on that don't we we're just like yeah what the fuck we're weird <laughs> the end <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> So yeah, on I discussed it in great length actually in my classes, and because someone said like, "Why, why is everyone in your classes? Why, why are all your clients weird?" And I was like, "Well, I put my weird beacon on, and all the weirdos knew where to find me." That's like Katie and myself that- when we buy horses. Yeah, <laughs> we've got weird <laughs> <Yeah>. beacons. But <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, I think it's just because the majority of horse people. I was like we're all this weird that's all it is this is what horses do to you like maybe at some point we were normal people i don't know i don't remember i think so but maybe not but you know maybe if the repeated bangs to the head probably doesn't help to be fair yeah (laughs) in that case i was done by nine then i might have been normal up to about seven and then i got a pony at eight i fell off so much i must have been changed from nine done too late Yeah. yeah yeah so on that note i think um we're going to end the podcast but will you tell people where to find you for all the wonky riders who want to get straight (laughs) (laughs) 
fully including myself in this (laughs) on facebook i am a question fitness nicola on instagram i am nicola underscore equestrian fit i think um my website is equestrianfitness.co.uk uh and my email address is nicola at equestrianfitness.co.uk so all same yeah and if you could all keep sending us your stories and questions and anything else that would be amazing to bookoffbanter at gmail.com or on facebook or instagram that would be amazing thank you so so much like i've picked so much up i'm totally going to get sorted when i can ride again because yeah the leg thing's not a good look for me it's really quite obvious in photographs i think we need to address it (laughs) Oh, so, yeah. brilliant. I, loads, of, loads of information there thank you so much yeah we're so no great thank you very much for having me and hopefully we'll have you back and by then we're both going to be like super straight aren't we Krista yeah I can't do squats obviously but no no ballet for me but uh, yeah exactly yeah all right so thank you so much for listening we hope you've enjoyed it bye bye bye, bye.